turn to Proverbs 22 tonight, please. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Um, we've um, spent some time in the Proverbs uh, over the last several years, and in fact, we've worked our way up to this point. Uh, Brother Ray, we understand the Proverbs are God's wisdom, right? Uh, each, each verse, each, each statement uh, is a statement of truth. It is a revelation of wisdom from the Lord to us, and a powerful one at that, Brother Art. We understand this is God's wisdom for us. So often people wonder, how, how can I know the Lord's wisdom? Uh, how, how can I... How can I get out of or get away from the world's wisdom and, and get myself plugged into God's wisdom? Well, you can do that by spending some time in, studying in, meditating in uh, the, the, forgive me, the Proverbs. This is, this is God's wisdom. Uh, Rich, one of the things that we've observed in the past as we've studied through uh, some of the various chapters is that, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll read through the Psalms and you don't nest, forgive me, I have Sunday night psalms on the brain, sister. Uh, Proverbs, pastor. A lot of times when you study through a, a chapter of the Proverbs, you don't necessarily always see a controlling theme within that chapter, right? Sometimes uh, it seems like, Brother Ray, one verse is not necessarily related to the next, not necessarily related to the next, but what I want to do tonight is, is try to find sort of a controlling idea early in the chapter uh, and let the Lord show us that at least, and then uh, view the rest of the, or a portion of the chapter, we'll not look at the entire chapter tonight, but view uh, roughly a half or so of the, the chapter through that lens. And What I believe we'll see here tonight early in the chapter pretty clearly uh, is the importance uh, to the Lord that uh, we have a good reputation. Is that important? Uh, is it important that believers have a good reputation? Carolyn, we something we've talked about a lot in the past, perhaps not recently, uh, but I understand tonight it's, an impor it's important, God desires, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ desires that we have a good reputation, Mike, for a number of reasons, most certainly including the fact that if we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves Christians, uh, we're necessarily saying that we're Christ-like, right? Now, I understand we're growing in, are you growing in Christ-likeness? Are you? Lord, help us. <laughs> Brother Ray, we're not there yet, right? We're, but hopefully we're growing in Christ-likeness. And so uh, people are looking at us and our lives to try to understand what is Christ-like? Who is Christ-like? What are his people like? What are, what are Christian churches like? Brother, aren't they looking at us to try to understand that? That's a pretty convicting truth because we are imperfect, as we said this morning, right? We are, uh, we are a, an assembly of sinners who are saved by grace. And Gary, sinners tend to be engaged in sin some of the time. <laughs> and so uh, we have to understand, <coughs> excuse me, we have to understand that um, one of the reasons to um, yield to the Lord and to take up obedience to him is to have a reputation for him. Mike, I understand reputation is important for me, but it's even more important that I have a reputation that paints the Lord himself in, in a positive light uh, in a lost world. Someone said, Gary, and I don't know who this was, that um, some, I can't remember exactly how the quote goes, but, but the idea is that uh, for some people, the only Bible they'll ever read is our lives. And so what they see in our lives do, does matter. Um, it does matter. Uh, let's, let's stand together if you're able to. I want to read maybe the first 14 or 15 verses here tonight uh, in, in Proverbs 22. We'll look at the first 14 or so verses, and then we'll pray and come back and make some observations here. Uh, Proverbs 22, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, A good name uh, is rather to be chosen than great riches, uh, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The poor, forgive me, the rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Amen. Uh, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. Uh, by humility, verse 4, this harkens back to this morning. By humility and the fear of the Lord, 
uh, our blessings, riches and honor and life. That might go to uh, reputation. Verse 5, thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Verse 7 continues, the rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. He that soweth iniquity, verse 8, he that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. He that hath a bountiful eye, or a generous eye, uh, shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Verse 10, cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. He that loveth, try that again, he that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. That goes to reputation also, I believe. Verse 12, the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, and he overthroweth the words of the transgressor. The slothful man, verse 13, saith, there is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. Let's stop there. Uh, tonight, um, the Lord's wisdom, the Lord's wisdom uh, in its relationship to our reputation, our reputation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for wisdom from you. Lord, we understand that we, we think we have our own wisdom. We understand the world has its wisdom, but Lord, it is not your wisdom. Father, I thank you tonight for your words which reveal uh, your wisdom. Lord, you reveal it to us that we might walk in and according to your wisdom. Father, I understand tonight that if we'll do that in your strength, with grace from you, Father, we can have a reputation that brings honor and glory to our Savior. Lord, I also understand if, if we refuse your wisdom, chances are our reputation will not glorify you. Lord, help us to be serious tonight about desiring a reputation for you. Lord, I love you tonight. I pray that you would help me tonight. I most definitely need your strength. I ask you for it. I trust you for it tonight. Lord, I ask that you would work here tonight in our midst for your honor and for your glory. Lord, please work in our hearts tonight. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You forgive me for having you stand at the, at the end of a long day. Uh, Brother Art, you can forgive me, right? <laughs> Let's go back here tonight, please, and, and see just how much the Lord, how much value he places on a good reputation. Gary, I think we need to define a good reputation. It's one that's good according to the Lord, right? Uh, it's a reputation for uh, those things which the Lord says are good and right and true and pure. Uh, it's a reputation for being a man or a woman, a young person uh, who knows the Lord, who walks according to his words, or at least who has a heart to do that and who is trying to do that. Uh, a good reputation, uh, we see here, is more valuable than financial wealth. See verse 1 again. A good name. Mike, a good name, a good reputation, same, same idea. Uh, a good name, a good reputation is rather uh, to be chosen uh, than great riches. You know, we can live our lives tonight for all sorts of things. Uh, you could say, I'm going to live for this, I I'm going to live for that. Certainly, uh, many people around us are living to see how much wealth, how much money can they accrue, how big of bank accounts uh, can they grow. And I understand tonight that that's not God's plan for our lives, Brother Richard. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wealth if God would bless us uh, with some financial wealth uh, as a blessing for living according to that's That's wonderful. That's certainly nothing wrong with that. Uh, but we understand that is not the goal that God has given for us uh, in this life. Gary, we're here to serve him, uh, to please him, uh, to minister uh, to others uh, for him. Uh, if we'll be engaged in those things, we'll have a good name, a good reputation, uh, and that is, uh, according to the Lord, more valuable, uh, rather to be chosen, uh, better to be chosen than great riches. 
Lord says this again, as sort of like we see in the Psalms often uh, and the Proverbs, and loving favor uh, rather than silver uh, and gold. Loving favor would be sort of the favor of others, the acceptance of others that comes with uh, having a good reputation uh, with others. That's more important. It's wiser to seek that uh, than to seek wealth, riches, uh, silver and gold. Uh, Ecclesiastes 17 and verse 1, uh, there the Bible says, a good name is better than precious ointment. We see this idea uh, throughout Scripture. The Lord cares about the reputation of his people and that we take up his words uh, in part, Brother Art, so that we can have a reputation uh, that brings him honor and glory. Listen, I understand that um, every part of Scripture goes to that, that truth, right? Uh, every part of Scripture uh, is, is the Lord's um, provision to us so that we can walk according to his desires, walk in his ways uh, as he's revealed uh, his way to us. Uh, and Gary, the way to walk in his way, right? How, how to know strength from him uh, to take up his words and to live according to them. I understand, Zach, if I do that, I benefit from that. Uh, but more importantly, the Lord is pleased and he is honored and he is glorified. And no matter what part of the Bible, no matter what principle, no matter what passage, uh, if, if we're reading it with a heart to, to take it up and to have the Lord apply it to our hearts, to our lives, not in my strength, which fails, but in his strength, which never fails, that's going to contribute to a reputation, to my reputation, which is going to be uh, valuable to the Lord. He values it more than great riches, than silver and gold, and uh, we should too. We do well tonight stop and ask ourselves, uh, Lord, what, what, what do I value? Uh, what am I living for? Uh, what am I living for? What are you living for tonight? What, what is your purpose tonight for being? Uh, why, why are you in church tonight? Why, why do you continue on uh, in this life? Gary, I want to serve my Lord. I want to please my Savior. Uh, I, I want to have a reputation as I do that uh, that brings him honor and glory. Well, the Lord has said that this is more important. Uh, it should be a higher priority uh, than wealth. He has a couple more things to say about that. Look at verse 2, the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Isn't it good to know tonight that in the Lord's eyes, hear this please, our value is not determined by our wealth. Isn't that good? Our, in, the, in God's eyes, our value is not determined, our worth is not determined by our wealth. Uh, the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord's the maker of them all. He does not look at us and judge our worth according to the size of our bank accounts or how much stuff we have or what kind of car we drive or even whether we have a car or not. The Lord simply does not look at our bank accounts to uh, determine how uh, he will value us. It's just not his way. It's not what he does. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Uh, we're on level ground with the Lord. Someone said, Zach, uh, we all meet on level ground at the foot of the cross. <laughs> no matter how talented we are or not, no matter how healthy we, are, uh, healthy we are or not, I meant to say wealthy, no matter how wealthy we are or not, no matter how accomplished we are in the world's eyes or not, those are, those are not things that matter to the Lord. Gary, what's the Lord care about? Whether or not we know him, uh, through a relationship, a saving relationship with the Christ of the Bible. It's got to be that Savior, right? Not a made-up Savior. Uh, and then beyond that, are we yielded to him to serve him uh, and to live according to his words? This, this is what he cares about. Um, the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Does the Lord care about the poor? Does the Lord care about the poor? Amen. amen. Say amen. He, he most certainly does. Uh, he cares greatly about the poor. He has much to say about the poor. He certainly doesn't reject the poor. Does the world ever reject the poor? Does the world look down on people who have less? And very often, does that lead them to just turn away from or reject those who have less? 
as being less worthy, less valuable, uh, less desired. That's, that's the heart of the world, but it's not the heart of our Lord, amen? He doesn't reject the poor. Make, make a, a cross-reference uh, in your notes, please. Job uh, 34 and verse 19. That verse asks a question, but the, the idea is this. The, the Bible says, the Lord accepteth uh, not the persons of princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor. He doesn't do that. Uh, he, he doesn't sort of stack people up in a list. Oh, you know, this person is very rich and powerful and influential, and so I, I better work more in their life because I'll get a greater return uh, on that. No, you, you could be extremely poor uh, financially and still be used, of, used greatly by the Lord. We can have great value to the Lord in terms of our submission to him and our usefulness to him uh, regardless of our wealth. Praise God for that. Uh, how about James 2 and verse 5? Write that reference down, please. Uh, it's a good verse. Uh, you ever find a verse that's not good? <laughs> uh, James 2 and verse 5, the Bible says, Hearken, hear, my beloved brethren, hath God not chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? You could be poor in the world's eyes, but very wealthy in God's eyes. You could be financially destitute, but rich in faith and, and, and rich in usefulness to the Lord. Uh, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. Uh, it, if, if you are relatively poor financially this side of heaven, is that going to continue in eternity? Uh, what are we going to inherit in eternity? Uh, Gary, I've been, I've been grafted in the promises of, of, of many of the promises, at least, of the people of Israel. I, I've been adopted by the Lord into the family of God, uh, and all, all of the blessings of being part of his family. I mean, I have a great inheritance, right? I, I anticipate a, a great inheritance in eternity. Praise God for that. You may live a life today that is uh, not one of, of great affluence, not, not one of great wealth. That's not what the Lord is concerned about. Uh, and, and, and to the extent we're concerned about it, we can be uh, very confident tonight that's a temporary situation. We have a great inheritance to look forward to uh, in eternity. One man said this, he says, uh, bear in mind that Christ himself became poor uh, for a purpose. Did, did, he, did he choose to become poor for a purpose? Did, did he leave uh, heaven in all of the glory of heaven uh, and come as a babe uh, into a family? I know some people said the family of Joseph might have had some uh, some power and influence, but I don't see much, much. Um, I don't see much suggestion of that. Quite frankly, uh, it looks to me like he was born into a relatively poor family. Uh, he chose to become uh, quite poor uh, in a worldly sense, that that he might serve a great purpose uh, in a spiritual sense. He chose to become poor uh, that we might become spiritually rich. Praise God for that. Uh, can God work greatly? in the life of someone who is not rich in material things. Can he? Church, can he? Uh, doesn't the Bible say it's easier to be saved if you have less uh, materially? And don't you think it might be easier, to, Brother Ray, to, to be faithful uh, if you have less? Uh, I, you know, God will bless people sometimes with, with great material wealth and and praise God for that. He knows who can handle it. He knows, by the way, who can't handle it. Uh, he knows who will be faithful and seek to be a blessing with, with that increase. And by the way, he knows who, who, will, not, who will not be uh, so minded. Uh, but for, if he allows us to have relatively less for uh, whatever reason, I understand that where there's need, <laughs> where, where, where there's need, that tends, that, that tends uh, to encourage our reliance upon him. Isn't that true? Uh, where, where there's, when you have needs, does that not tend to encourage more prayerfulness? When, when you have needs, does that tend not to encourage greater reliance upon the Lord? If you can look to your bank account and just re rely on that, people tend to do that. They, they, they tend to rely upon their wealth. They, they tend to rest in it. They tend uh, to look to it as their source of 
of, of comfort and, and source of security and, uh, and the thing that gives them peace rather than uh, to the Lord who's the provider of all of those things. Uh, praise God that uh, if, if you have a little bit less tonight, the Lord is probably working in that uh, for your uh, spiritual benefit. I've mentioned already Matthew 19, verse 24. Jesus said, again, I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle uh, than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's not teaching that it's impossible for a wealthy person to be saved. He's just teaching that uh, the simple, practical reality is the, the thing that we encounter when we knock doors here, here in town. If you have a lot, people who are lost tend to think they have everything that they need uh, practically and, and spiritually. Uh, by the way, don't forget that a couple verses after that, Jesus said, uh, they, disciples asked, well, then who could be saved? Jesus said, uh, unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. It's possible for anyone to be saved, Amen. Amen? No matter how wealthy they are, no matter how poor, anyone, anyone can be saved, and uh, we praise God for that. Well, uh, if we come back here and, and look just for a moment at the, the opening phrase here, uh, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. The Lord's interest uh, here in this passage is that we desire to have uh, a good reputation. A good reputation is valued by him, should be valued by us, uh, and I think we do well to kind of view the balance of, of this chapter uh, through that lens. Uh, if, if you view the balance of the chapter through the lens of, well, ask yourself, well, how can I have a good reputation? Uh, how will this passage uh, contribute to the kind of reputation that the Lord wants me to value, uh, to seek, to pursue uh, for him? Uh, well, we take up all the things that, that the Lord is teaching here uh, with that goal. Uh, the goal of, if I'll do this, it will contribute to, it, it'll accrue to my reputation of being uh, a righteous, godly person. That will please him, that will bring him honor and glory. Gary, if, if I am growing uh, in righteousness, if I'm yielded to the Spirit of God, uh, such that he is uh, sanctifying me in response to my yieldedness, uh, strengthening me to live according to the word of God, uh, is the Lord necessarily being honored and, gl and glorified in that? Isn't he? That was a leading question, right? He is. Uh, he is. And uh, to the extent that all of that contributes to my reputation, uh, of being a, a, a person who is godly in uh, growing in godliness. Uh, and by the way, if people know how we used to be, that's okay, because that helps emphasize. It, it, Brother Art, that shines a light on the fact that something has changed. That person is not who they used to be. Something has changed. They could not possibly have accomplished that on, on their own. And that, that's truth. Uh, if I'm growing and changing, uh, that's a good thing, uh, and it, it shines a light on the truth that, yeah, someone, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, uh, they are at work in my heart and my life. That necessarily brings honor and glory uh, to the Lord. So uh, I want to look at just the next, um, I don't know, 10 or so verses is all we'll look at tonight. But uh, again, through this lens, what is the Lord, what is he teaching uh, and, and why should I care? We should care because it's his words. But uh, again, if I will take up these principles with his help, applying them to my life, that's going to contribute to the reputation that the Lord desires and that he desires uh, me to value. So how can I have a good name? What will contribute to uh, this reputation that the Lord desires? Well, number one, uh, we'll see here in verse three, uh, acting prudently, uh, acting prudently would seem to be the idea here. Uh, what, is, what is prudence? Well, in, in this context here, uh, Lord's using it in the sense of someone who would look ahead, someone who would anticipate trouble 
uh, or the possibility of trouble down the road uh, and do what they can do uh, to avoid that trouble. Uh, maybe, for example, there's a, uh, a temptation and, and, and you know that, hey, if I fall into that temptation, I, I can expect that down the road, that's going to that's gonna come with uh, practical implications in my consequences, practical consequences. is not going to accrue to my good reputation. It's, it's, it's going to harm my reputation. It's not going to bring honor and glory to the Lord, at least as long as I uh, continue in that. Uh, if, 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 if I don't deal, uh, look, looking ahead to the consequences of my choices today and, and think about that and allow that to influence my decisions today, uh, there could be great consequences. But if I'll do that, uh, look at verse 3, a prudent man foreseeth the evil <laughs> and, and hideth himself, but simple pass on and are, are punished. Those that do not consider the consequences of their choices uh, and their actions, well, down the road, they, they suffer some consequence. Could be the chastening hand of God or it could be some, just some practical consequence uh, for their choice. Whereas someone who considers the consequences of their choices today uh, will be protected from some of just the practical outworking of that, uh, but, but can be protected from the Lord needing to chasten them uh, for that as well. May I ask you this question tonight? Have you, have, you ever, um, have you ever had a hard time making the right choice today? <laughs> and that, and that's just an obvious thing, right? We, there's lots of reasons, Gary, where we might have a hard time making the right choice today. Temptation can be powerful, right? Temptation can be powerful. Brother A, do, do, do believers sometimes uh, struggle making the right choice today, uh, putting off making the right choice today uh, with the idea, well, you know what, I don't have to get right today. Uh, if I choose a sinful thing today, well, it's, it's under the blood of Christ, it, it'll be forgiven, and whatever consequences come, well, I could just deal with that down the road. Have you ever, you ever found yourself thinking like that? I can make a sinful choice today, Brother Mike. It's under the blood, and whatever consequence, whatever negative consequences come, it's okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going to drive whatever benefit I, I derive, whatever pleasure I get today. I'll deal with the consequences later on. That's temptation, right? To just put off doing right and say, just kind of kick the can down the road. I'll get right with the Lord later on and I'll deal with the consequences then. Is that a problem? <laughs> Gary, Gary, you said it. You said, look what happened to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you, you said that. And you know, you, you know. Listen, we all know, maybe to different degrees. We, we've, all, we've all struggled with that thing. You know, I could go out and get drunk today. I'll, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I, I, can, I can look at pornography today. Uh, yeah, there might be some spiritual consequences in my life. I'll get right on that tomorrow. I'll, I'll confess it tomorrow or somewhere down the road. Uh, if, if I get pulled into, if I, if I find myself in bondage to any of these things that, that I've put my, my uh, toe into the waters of, you know what, I can deal with that down the road. Uh, the problem is dealing with it down the road can be awfully hard. Amen? It can be awfully hard. Have you known someone that's, that's had an addiction to anything? Have you known anyone that's ever been addicted to anything? It's awfully hard to break free. You can. You can, but it's awfully hard. It's, it, it's a great struggle. Uh, it's a great struggle. Uh, it's much easier when temptation comes to say, Lord, Give me strength in this moment, please. God, I, I need you right now. You're not demanding of God, but you're just telling him, Lord, I'm, I'm looking to you right now that I not start down that road. Uh, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. The simple, you know, the less wise person, just pass on and suffer the consequences down the road. Uh, which choice? Which choice is going to contribute to a Christ-honoring uh, reputation? Well, someone thinking about the consequences of wrong choices. It's, it's someone who's willing to consider the consequences of their choices and, and to help, to allow that process 
to help guide them today. Lord, help me to consider the consequences of my choices, to consider the implications for my reputation, which goes directly to how people view you. God, give me, give me a heart to do just that. Uh, so number one, uh, tonight you have a good reputation by uh, choosing, choosing prudence. Uh, looking ahead and, and considering the consequences of our choices. Uh, number two, we see in verse four tonight, uh, verse four emphasizes two things, two virtues, if you will, uh, the value of humility and fearing the Lord. Uh, if I will take up a godly humility uh, and a fear of God, verse four shows me that that will uh, encourage or, or result in the Lord's blessings in my life and, and that certainly is going to uh, help. It will accrue to a, a, a godly reputation. Look at verse 4. By humility, uh, modesty, meekness, as opposed to pridefulness, by humility, <clears throat> excuse me, and the fear of the Lord uh, are what? Uh, riches. I'm not to live my life for those things as, as my goal, but God does bless. And sometimes he blesses materially. That's, that's not a bad thing. That's a wonderful thing. By humility and the fear of the Lord are, are blessings, which, which may include riches um, and honor uh, and life. Well, what's taught here? Uh, there, there's, there's two things that I can take up that I can choose to walk in, uh, of course, with God's help. And if I will, that, that will tend uh, to promote the Lord's blessings in my life. Uh, and again, why, why should I care? Why well, might I want these blessings for myself, Brother Art? But, you know, hopefully my desire is that uh, as, as I take up these things and, and God blesses, that is going to accrue to my reputation for godliness, one who is blessed of the Lord. Those go together, uh, and, and people will see that and, and see God at work uh, and desire the same thing in their lives. Uh, Lord, help me to put off pridefulness and to put on humility in its place. God, help me to have a, a biblical fear of you. Uh, there's so many verses we could look at. I'll give you one. Uh, Psalm 111 and verse 10. Psalm 111 and verse 10 uh, says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. <laughs> Lord, how can I be wise? How can I grow in... By the way, isn't it wonderful when you have a chance to speak with someone who's wise? Isn't that wonderful? We, we have men and I think ladies as well in our church who have a, a real godly wisdom. And when you talk to them and you just listen to the wisdom that they're able to offer you. That's a wonderful blessing, and praise God for that. They would not be as wise as they are today unless they had learned a, a biblical fear of the Lord, fear of, uh, of consequences for, for just not choosing to obey him, uh, a fear of consequences for not yielding themselves to the Lord, giving themselves uh, to the one who has redeemed them, purchased them back from, from the consequence, the penalty of sin. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. Uh, his praise endureth forever. Praise God, Psalm 111 and verse 10. Uh, the blessings, riches, the underlying word refers to actual, literal uh, wealth is, is, is the idea. Rich, we don't preach a health and a wealth gospel. We don't live for that, but we understand God will choose to bless our obedience sometimes uh, with wisdom, with honor. This goes straight to a reputation. Honor has the idea, uh, literal idea of glory, especially in the eyes of others, uh, uh, someone who is viewed as, as honorable uh, is, is someone who necessarily has a reputation for being honorable. Uh, and that brings honor and glory to the Lord. Uh, this person uh, may also be uh, blessed with, with life. Uh, one man said that probably refers both to quantity of life, length of life, as well as quality, uh, both, and, and, and praise God for that. So uh, number one, uh, prudence. Considering the consequences of my actions, being willing to, to look down the road and consider, uh, consider the consequence of a sinful choice versus the blessing of a right choice. Uh, number two, um, humility, walking with humility uh, and fear of God. Lord, help me to do both. 
uh, that will contribute to directly, directly uh, to a reputation, particularly as people see the blessings of God uh, in my life. Now, look at verse 5. Um, conversely, uh, trouble is promised to the quote, uh, froward. Uh, that word froward has a literal idea of perverseness. What is that? What, what is perverseness? Doesn't sound like holiness, Brother Garcia. Uh, frowardness is, is literally perverseness. Uh, it's the opposite of righteousness, right? It's the opposite of obedience. Uh, someone who perverts the way of God is someone who's not yielding to the Lord uh, in, in walking in opposition to God's word, walking in opposition to God's ways. Probably they're rejecting God's words. Uh, they're, they're rejecting his authority, his binding authority in their lives. By the way, does the Lord have authority in your life? Does he have authority in your life? Whether you recognize it or not, he does. Do his words have authority in our lives? Whether we recognize it or not, they do. Are we accountable to the Lord and his words? Whether we recognize that, whether we agree, yes. Yes, we are. And so we, we do well to just acknowledge his authority to place ourselves in our own hearts, in our own minds, under his binding authority, under the authority of his words, and receive his words, and uh, Gary, yield to him and, and, and walk according to his words. Uh, look at verse 5, thorns and snares, thorns, uh, things that poke and, 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 and prick into you, things that harm you, and, and snares, traps are in the way of the froward. That sounds like the opposite of riches and honor and life. It sounds like consequences for sin rather than blessings for obedience. That's exactly what that is. Uh, look, look, second part of verse five, it reiterates the, the protective power of, of prudence. Uh, he, but, uh, he that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. What's the them? Thorns and snares. Uh, I would much prefer riches, riches and honor and life to thorns and snares. Amen? How about you? I would much prefer that. Gary, just because I would prefer that. Uh, but secondly, because I know what God wants from me. And I know how he wants to use my life. And I know he, the reputation that he wants me to have for me, but more importantly for him. More importantly for him. Um, he that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. I want to read a verse. Um, turn there if you want. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9. At least write that down, please. Uh, this is Moses to the people, Brother Mike. Uh, Moses to the people. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9. We kind of skipped over. We didn't kind of skip it. We have skipped over Deuteronomy in our trip through the Old Testament. We'll go back there, Lord willing, at some point in the future. But uh, this is Moses to the people. He says, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently. Don't be careless in your walk with the Lord. Be diligent, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, uh, unless they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But aren't there, it's, it's God's words given to God's people through God's man, Moses. He says, you, you take care. You be diligent to not forget my words, to not forget how you've seen me work in, in your life. Uh, you take great care to diligently invest yourself uh, in keeping my words. You'll benefit. I'll be glorified. Uh, you won't suffer the consequences of, of, of not doing that, thorns and snares. And then at the end of verse 9 there in, in Deuteronomy 4, the Lord says this. It's, it's translated but. It really has the idea of and, I think. Uh, but teach them thy sons uh, and thy sons' sons. Uh, and so the Lord... Uh, in, in that one verse connects the idea of being diligent to remember what God has revealed to us uh, in our own hearts, in our own lives, for our own benefit, for our own reputation, uh, for the purpose of glorifying God in our own lives, but then taking care to teach the next generation to do the same. This goes right back to the first half 
uh, of Matthew 18, right? Taking care humbly, uh, taking care to, to reach the next generation, uh, the little ones, the younger ones, uh, and, and humbly taking care to do that well, not putting stumbling blocks uh, in their place, but, but humbly uh, maintaining a holiness and, and a righteousness in our lives that, that will not harm them, uh, like, like disobedience, like being a wrong example will. But teach them, thy sons and, and thy sons' sons. And it's interesting, uh, in the next verse in our passage, in, in Proverbs 22, uh, has to deal with training children. And so uh, there's multiple places in Scripture where the Lord connects, hey, remember what I have taught you for you, uh, but take care that you also remember what I've taught you so that you can be in the business of, of training the next children. Look at, look at verse uh, next generation uh, children. Um, verse 6 says this, train up a child uh, in the way he should go. Uh, the way he should go... Uh, the similar underlying language is translated Zachary um, command or, or commandment. Uh, the way he should go is, Carolyn, it's what God has commanded. What God has commanded is the way we should go. Amen. That's, that, that's how I know what God has said, what he's revealed, what he's commanded. That, that's the way I should go. Uh, and so training up our children has, has that idea. Train up our children to, uh, in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll, he'll not depart from it. He'll live according to God's words. He'll have a reputation uh, that is uh, biblical and godly and just and righteous, uh, and that will accrue to the Lord's honor and glory. Uh, so all, all that to say, number three tonight, I don't know if I've messed you up in your note-taking, but um, number three, uh, we can, uh, we can, uh, build a reputation that brings honor and glory to the Lord by teaching our children uh, to act biblically. Brother Mike, that, that, will, that will accrue to the reputation of the parent, but also help the child, also help the child to have a, a biblical, godly reputation. I believe, Brother Art, this, this goes um, primarily to parents, but not only. Uh, verse 6 says, train up a child. It does not say in the Hebrew or the English, your child. Uh, it says a child. And so I, I think we, we do well to apply this verse probably primarily to family life and parents teaching children, but not exclusively. I think we, 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 we do well. We're on solid footing here to uh, apply this verse to anyone in, in a church who has an opportunity to influence younger people for the Lord. That could be formally as a Sunday school teacher. That, that could be informally just in your interactions with young people in the church. That could be looking for those teachable moments just in sort of casual settings as, as you have an opportunity to share biblical principle, uh, a, a portion of the word of God that applies to a situation. As you have an opportunity to lovingly correct a young person and, and, and to show them and remind them how they can learn uh, to be obedient to the Lord. That can happen formally in a classroom setting, but Zach, as we've said very often, uh, very powerfully in informal settings as well. Um, do, does, does every member of our church have an opportunity to influence little JD for the Lord? Do you, does every person have that opportunity? You do. You do. Uh, do, you, do you think he's watching and listening? He's pretty clever. He's pretty sharp. Uh, he's watching and he's listening. Uh, and what he hears, whether it's good or bad, it's going to influence him. How he views church people is, is going to be influenced by what he sees us doing, what he hears us saying, how he sees us treating each other, how we treat him. Uh, and his mom. Every single member of our church uh, has an opportunity to contribute to uh, that, to contribute to his training, very formally or very informally. Uh, both are very powerful. Both are very important. Lord, help us to keep this in mind. So uh, we, can, we can build strong reputations for ourselves and, and for children in our families, in our church, by, by training them. What does it mean? What does it mean to obey the Lord? Train them. Uh, train them. Look at verse 7 here. Uh, this goes in a general sense at least to, to 
uh, how finances are handled, uh, how finances uh, are handled. Does the way that you handle your finances have anything at all to do with your reputation? Does it? Boy, you better believe it does. And, you know, many of us have had times in our life where we probably haven't had our finances uh, organized and in order, and, and maybe we got ourselves into a bad place where, where bills were late and bills were left unpaid, and uh, that's not a good place to be, amen? Uh, can, can that affect your reputation? Can that affect your reputation? I don't know why I'm looking at you. <laughs> it, obviously, it can, right? Um, it can. Uh, if you're not able to get um, uh, a mortgage or uh, some loan that you need for a legitimate purpose because uh, you've harmed your credit so severely, that, I mean, that's, that's going to have an impact uh, on your reputation. Thankfully, that can be repaired, right? You can, you can start to do right and repair your finances and, and over time rebuild your finances. Verse 7 says this, The rich ruleth over the poor. Uh, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, I understand there, there's just two statements of truth here. Uh, both are true. The rich ruleth over the poor. I don't think that's picturing something sinful. It's just picturing a fact. It's, it's just a fact. Uh, those who work diligently uh, tend to find themselves um, in a place where uh, they own businesses or their managers and supervisors over others. That, that's a blessing for being diligent. That, that's a simple fact. Uh, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Uh, the Bible does warn us about borrowing. And, you know, there's verses that imply that, that we should never borrow. I don't, I don't know if we need to interpret those verses quite, quite uh, that strictly. I think there, there's a place for wise, prudent borrowing that does uh, fit within the boundaries of Scripture. But it has to be wise. It has to be prudent. Uh, it has to be with the understanding that uh, this verse is true. Uh, if you borrow, there is a very real sense in which you become a servant to the lender. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to pay back that loan uh, with interest. You're, you're going to service that loan uh, with interest un until it's paid off. That's a fact. Be better, of course, not to be in that position. Uh, be better not to be in that position. Um, let's move on. Let's, so much more could be said, but, but let's move on. We'll get through a, a, a little bit more of this. Uh, number five, how, how else can we build a righteous reputation that glorifies the Lord? Uh, verse eight implies that we may do so by building spiritual, inf living righteously uh, to build a spiritual influence. Uh, building spiritual influence by living righteously. Uh, verse eight says this, he that soweth iniquity, that's sin, right? He that soweth iniquity uh, shall reap vanity. Vanity here probably has the idea of trouble. It's being, it's being used in that sense. He that soweth iniquity uh, will reap trouble. And so uh, there, there's a tightly connected idea here. The rod of his anger uh, shall fail. Now in the Bible, um, a rod tends to picture what? It tends to picture power, strength, authority, really the idea. Uh, maybe influence, uh, may, maybe influence, power, authority, influence. Uh, if, if you harm your reputation uh, by living uh, unrighteously, that necessarily is going to harm your ability to influence people to live righteously, amen? Uh, Gary, if my life is full of all kinds of righteousness, how can I possibly hope to be a righteous influence uh, in someone else's life? We have a word for that. What's, what's the word for that? I go around saying, hey, you should live this way, but I'm living that way. We call that what? That's hypocrisy. It's very hard. It's very hard to have a righteous influence in someone else's life uh, if we're living just terribly hypocritically. Uh, and, and listen, you live hypocritically, you're going to have a reputation for being a hypocrite, right? And that's not a godly reputation. Uh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us to desire to live righteously uh, so that we can have uh, spiritual influence, so that we can build, uh, maintain, and build, and grow 
a righteous influence in, in the lives of others. Uh, much more could be said. I want to give you a few more things quickly here. Uh, in verse 9, we see the idea of uh, building a reputation for the Lord by being generous. By being generous. Get that down, please. Uh, exercising generosity. Uh, a loving generosity toward others. Uh, giving of your finances. Yes, that may be. Uh, giving of your time. Giving of your energy. Uh, being willing to give of yourself, whatever that may mean, uh, for the purpose of lovingly aiding someone else, uh, that will contribute, that will accrue to a, uh, a reputation that brings honor and glory to the Lord. Verse 9 says, he that has a bountiful eye, uh, an eye toward being generous, someone who sees needs and meets needs, uh, shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread uh, to the poor. Recall, please, that in the Gospels, in Luke 6, Jesus said, give, this is Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Uh, good measure, pressed down and shaken together, running over, uh, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The Lord desires to bless generosity. Having a reputation for generosity uh, is a reputation for being loving. That accrues to a uh, reputation that brings honor and glory uh, to the Lord. Uh, verse 10 uh, would seem to describe the, uh, the principle of, of practicing the Lord's way of peace and, uh, and maintaining unity, dealing with contention is the word uh, in verse 10, uh, casting out scorners. Uh, that's a verse that we certainly could have looked at in the context of this morning's message regarding uh, that four-step, uh, four-stage church disciplinary process. But uh, being committed to God's way of dealing with problems with the purpose of either restoring or maintaining peace and unity, having a reputation for being a person who's committed to that, uh, Today, it would be specifically in the context of that process the Lord described. That will contribute to a reputation that is a godly and Christ-honoring reputation. Uh, number eight, we see in verse 11, um, practicing pureness of heart. Practicing pureness of heart. We don't have a lot of time here to look at this, but uh, the verse says, He that loveth pure, pureness of heart, uh, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. Brother Art, that seems to go directly to reputation. Someone uh, who loves uh, a pure heart, who, ha who, who desires, who loves, who desires a heart that is pure before the Lord. The verse says uh, that, that that will tend uh, to relationships, the building of relationships with people in uh, powerful places, kings, uh, someone who is honest and truthful and righteous and, and honorable, uh, will tend to have the opportunity uh, to influence those who have power. And, you know, you, you could look at that and say, I don't know if that would be the case today. Well, it would be the case today if, if those in power are righteous, certainly. Uh, but even, even if it's not necessarily the case in our world today, uh, I understand that uh, I have an opportunity to please the, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, uh, and King of Kings as, as I take up a verse like this. Uh, verse 12 shows us um, the principle that living according to biblical knowledge and wisdom, uh, living according to biblical knowledge and wisdom, that'd be number nine in our list. Uh, the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge and he overthroweth the words of the transgressor. Uh, look at verse uh, 13, we'll stop here. The slothful man saith, there is a lion without. Uh, I shall be slain in the streets. Uh, what's the principle there? Uh, don't be lazy. God does not desire. Laziness is never going to contribute to a Christ-honoring reputation. Is there a natural tendency in our sin nature to be lazy? There is. And that's why verses like this one exist in Scripture. Uh, Proverbs 15 and verse 19 says, The way of the slothful man is as an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. Proverbs 26 and verse 14 says, as the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful man upon his bed. 
uh, Lord, help us to understand that uh, if, if we'll be diligent rather than lazy, uh, if we'll be diligent rather than slothful, that will contribute to a, a reputation that brings you honor and glory. Lord, if we'll not be excuse makers, what's, what's the excuse of this man in verse 13? I can't get out there and do that work. There's danger out there. Uh, there's a lion out there. I'll be slain in the streets. I can't go out and go to work. There's danger. Well, there's danger potentially anywhere. Lord, help us to be diligent for you, uh, that we might have a reputation that would bring you honor and glory. I think I gave you 10 things tonight, 10 principles uh, that contribute to a Christ-honoring uh, reputation. This good name that is rather to be chosen than great riches. Uh, does a good reputation matter? Does a Christ-honoring reputation matter? Uh, if we'll take up the word of God, including these things that we've seen tonight, and Gary, ask the Lord for strength, for grace, to apply these things to our lives. Uh, not that we can do these things perfectly. We can't. But if we'll have a heart to take these things up with strength from the Lord and, uh, and to live these principles in his strength, not our own, we'll have reputations for people that are doing just that. We'll not have reputations for being perfect people, but we'll have reputations for being people that are trying to live according to God's words, trying to live according to principles, and as we yield, finding some success because we find strength in the Lord to do that. Lord, give us heart to do just that. Let's pray. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, tonight for these thy words. Lord, help us tonight to desire a reputation that brings you honor and glory. Father, understand tonight that we'll, we'll not have perfect reputations this side of heaven. We're imperfect people. We are sinners saved by grace. But Lord, help us not to allow that truth, that reality, to be an excuse to not live according to your words. Lord, you indwell us. Lord, you offer us your power, a power that spoke creation into existence, a power to take up these principles in your words and to live according to them, that we might have a reputation that brings you honor and glory. Lord, I understand tonight, if we'll do that, we have the privilege to please you. I thank you so much tonight for that great privilege. Church, while heads are bowed, I, I want to give you a moment. Perhaps there's, there's one or two of these principles tonight that uh, is somewhat convicting. Perhaps there's an area that uh, you recognize I have not been diligent to apply that principle to my life. And maybe there's a little bit of a, a ding, a dent, a tarnish in my reputation because of that. Maybe you want to confess that tonight. Say, Lord, I agree with you. That, that's a problem. Uh, but Lord, I, I confess that tonight and I look to you for strength to begin getting right in that area. Lord, help me to get right in that area. Help me to know your wisdom and your strength to build up obedience in that area that I might have a reputation in that area that brings you honor and glory. Give you a moment to pray that. We'll, we'll close with a song. We'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you tonight for your words. You teach us how to live for you. You teach us what it means to live for you, what that will look like, what it will not look like. Lord, you've taught us how to conform our lives to your will, your way, for your honor and your glory. Lord, thank you. Father, I marvel tonight that um, we can lead lives that bring you honor and glory. Lord, I pray tonight that our heart is to 
do just that. Bring you, give you honor and glory with our lives. Lord, help us to stand guard against the temptation to take the credit for the growth that you affect in our lives. Lord, help us to not pridefully take credit that deserves to you, that, that you deserve, that belongs to you. Lord, when people see a change in our lives and when they comment on it, Lord, help us to give you the credit, the praise, the honor, and the glory. Lord, I know tonight that will bring you praise, honor, and glory. Father, thank you tonight. That's one of the, the ways that we are privileged to, to worship you and to praise you, to yield to you, to allow you to affect change in our lives, and to give you the credit for that. Lord, give us that heart, please. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to teach and preach your words in our church. Thank you so much for people who've come out tonight uh, faithfully. Lord, we, we lift up those who desired to be here tonight, but who could not for various reasons. Lord, have your hand upon each one. Lord, I thank you and pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Zach, you come, please.